Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the One Talk podcast. Here with your host, Ryan McCarthy. And today we've got a collaboration episode happening. So myself and Nathan Francis decided to team up together and do an episode and do a collaboration between both of our podcasts. Nathan's podcast is called the Breaking Free Podcast. But more about Nathan, he's a self-sabotage coach. He's a life coach, author, teacher, Reiki, blogger, and also a podcaster. And within today's episode, we touch on so much around Nathan's inspiring story of change and overcoming adversity, overcoming challenges and smashing through them and becoming the absolute best version of yourself, mixed with myself sharing my story and how I overcame challenges. And it's a really cool episode, just us two having a really open conversation, touching on some deep topics, going into depth and just sharing our own wisdom and value that we have. In other news, if you could please leave this podcast a rating or if you could share around, that means so much in terms of helping this podcast grow and reaching a larger audience. So please just go on the Spotify app, leave a rating, go on YouTube, subscribe, whatever it may be. Today's episode is sponsored by Arlo Collaborative Gardens, where they strive to support individuals in their journey of self and personal development. At Arlo, they believe that everyone has the potential to achieve their goals and live a truly fulfilling life. Arlo are here to guide and empower both men and women on their unique paths towards personal growth. For their coaching and mentoring programs, Arlo utilize a variety of effective techniques and methods, such as hypnotherapy, which is a powerful tool for positive, long-lasting change, emotional change technique, also known as ECT, which facilitates emotional healing by combining elements of meditation and traditional psychology. Arlo continually explore and integrate various techniques and methods to suit the unique needs of each individual client. These include mindfulness practice, cognitive behavioral therapy approaches, and also breath work and more. Arlo Collaborative Gardens empowers individuals to tap into their inner resources, gain clarity, and develop sustainable strategies to overcome challenges. Whether you are seeking to manage stress, improve relationships, overcome limiting beliefs, or enhance performance in various areas of life, Arlo Collaborative Gardens is here to support you in every step of the way. So please check the link in the bio, check out Arlo Collaborative Gardens, and check out the work they do and get in contact. I can't recommend them enough. But without further ado, let's welcome Nathan. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. The marathon continue. Victory lap tonight, though. Victory lap tonight. All right, welcome to another episode. How are we doing, Nathan? Hey, Ryan. How you going, man? This is awesome. Good, thanks. Uh, we're doing like a cross episode today between Nathan's podcast and my podcast here, so it's really cool to be able to make this linkage happen and have these conversations go ahead. you have to give a shout out to Rani though. She sort of made yeah. this happen, didn't she? <laughs> shout out to Rani for uh, making this connection happen and bringing us both here today. Yeah, it's been a wild, wild journey, mate. And I um, actually dreamt this, um, that we're going to do this together. So yeah. glad I seen that message a couple of weeks ago. So for those that don't know, my name's Nathan Francis. I'm the host of the Breaking Free podcast. It's been up for about 14 months now, mm. 60 to 65 episodes in, lots of awesome guests. Yeah. Now yourself. Um, yeah, it's been an awesome journey. And uh, yours? Epic. Well, 
I'm Ryan. For people that don't know me, I'm the host of the One Talk podcast, the Mon Talk, and I've been doing that for about two and a half years. And this done over eighty episodes so far, but that's basically me in a nutshell. So really keen to share both our experiences through podcasting. Like, what do you think has been one of your key lessons from starting your podcast? You reckon, like, if you reflect back, that's a good question. Actually, mm. for me. When I started it, I had a few people in, in my circles say, oh, you got a lot of knowledge on certain topics and you've had an interesting story thus far back then. Mm. Gone wild since, 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 since then. But I sort of just started it with not really knowing what to do or yeah. what to like say to people or how to even start it. I sort of just got one on YouTube, how to start a podcast. Yeah, I did the same. <laughs> just made it happen. Uh, my first episode was, was with my brother who I've moved up here with. Um, him and I have had a really special bond. For those that want to listen to my podcasts that are off yours, Ryan, uh, feel free to go back through the catalogue of my episodes and you'll learn about mine and my brother's journey, which is a whole separate journey of this one. He um, was my first episode and I remember watching it back in the last couple of weeks actually. So it's interesting you bring, bring this question up. Yeah, I mumbled my way through it, started my way through it. I was super nervous. And then I watched one of my latest ones and it's like I'm more relaxed, more grounded, more calm, mm. talking a bit slower, not as excited and as, you Trying know. Trying to get it out. Yeah, yeah, I was just like calm, relaxed. And How about you? Yeah, so with my podcast, I wouldn't recommend the same. I wouldn't go back to my first episode. <laughs> it's still there. Like you'll probably look at it to see the growth of myself, but – I was telling Nathan before this episode that my first ever podcast, I put a microphone in the middle of a table in the middle of Brisbane City Library. So there's hundreds of people in the library and you heard me talking in the distance with about 200 people in the background chattering at the same time. And there's just, it sounds horrible audio wise. And um, so the first two episodes were like that. But going forward from probably the fifth episode onwards, the audio improved, got better microphones, but it was the same with just going on YouTube, winging it, just getting the style because for so long I was holding myself back for limiting beliefs. Like it needs to be a hundred percent perfect. Yeah. And, I, and I've realized like things that have to be amazing for you to start. You have to start so you can become amazing in the thing that you're doing. And then obviously over the years, the fruition happened of where I've got to now with the podcast, but it all started just from winging it to begin with and just styling it and seeing where that journey takes you. Because usually the most knowledge and wisdom comes from the experience of the journey. 100%. That's well said. And and that's the thing with society today, isn't it? Mm. Like they want it to be, well, it has to be 100% perfect or 100% right at the time. It's mm. like, if you want to start something, just go mm. away and start it and just yeah. learn on the way. Like for me during my podcast, and I did a solo one last week and I shared the fact that through this, through this podcast that I've done, I've, I've I've shared every emotion of that has existed within me. I've shared my anger. I've mm. cried. I've laughed. I've mm. you know all the things that um you, I've been vulnerable and opened myself up on my own show live on air. I, I've had the fear of death removed, as we spoke about before. I've had like I had I had actually Luke Balk. I'll give him him a shout out and so on. You might be interested in talking to. He lives on on the Gold Coast. He was talking about the fear of failure mm. and and the man that his father perceived him to be. Mm. When he was talking about that, I was sitting in mine with mine and I just cried. Yeah. And that was a special moment. It's like I'm putting that out there. Like I'm opening myself up to put myself out there like that. Yeah, to the world as well. Yeah, and everyone that I've interviewed or everyone that I've, yeah, everyone that I've interviewed really has brought something up within me 
that I've shared live on air and that's been a special thing. Yeah, and you learn so much from your guests that come on as well because like, everyone has their own unique experiences, their own unique stories, their own unique wisdom and knowledge because we're all interested in different things when we are aligned on that path towards something that we feel like really does fulfill us. So when you speak to someone who's on that path, you learn so much from each person. You do. Yeah, that's why I love it so much because like every single person, I walk away knowing more. Yeah. And also more about myself as well because sometimes like you could say something today but that would bring a reflection within me that could grow me as a person. And vice versa, bro. Yeah. It's the same thing, isn't it? I'd love to hear more about your story. Um, for those that are listening on my show, Ryan's from England. Yeah. Liverpool. Liverpool. I've been to England myself. <laughs> Back in my self-sabotage days, I went to England. Um, Did you go to Liverpool? No, I didn't go to no. Liverpool. I stayed in London. But yeah. the thing with me back then was that I was the, – the reason why I did that overseas trip was I finished uni, but the deeper reason was I was running away from myself again. Mm-hmm. And I went overseas, went to America and England, uh, Europe, and, um, yeah, I was just running away. But mm-hmm. I'd have been in England, and I had ambitions of going back there yeah. in the last few years, but uh, Spirit had another another way for me to go. And not quite yet, but my publisher of my books in England, so – Oh, Awesome. Yeah, and you'll have to go over there and end up making that happen. It'd be cool oh. to see a podcast between you and your publisher. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me more about your story, though. So about me, I'm from Liverpool, England, from a suburb called Highton. And I moved to Australia when I was eight. And I moved with the family initially. So when I moved to Australia, there wasn't much family here at all. No family in Australia, actually. It was just me, mum, dad, brother, sister. Eventually, the family split up. Mum and dad split up. My brother moved back to England with my dad. My sister stayed in Adelaide. And I moved up to Queensland. So in that environment, you know, 11 years old, um, I had my mum around, but she was working full-time as a single mum, so she was quite busy, as you can imagine. Mm. Um, so that led to me becoming addicted to drugs at the age of 11. So 11 years old, I became addicted to oh, drugs. Yeah. I stopped attending school, got expelled in grade 11. Somehow they let me finish it. Um, and then at the age of 18, I decided to get sober. But between 11 and 18, everything was numb. Like you think about the age of 10, 11, that's when you really start becoming first conscious of your own thoughts and emotions. Like you start somewhat getting more of an understanding of yourself, but not completely. It's like when the first consciousness starts to happen, I felt. But as soon as that happened, I numbed myself up until the age of 18. So when I got sober at 18, all these challenges came up. Like depression came up, didn't know what depression was. Anxiety came up, didn't know what anxiety was. Like all these things came on top of me and started to hold me down to a point where... The only escape I could find was like suicide ideation. I just wanted to leave this world because I was like, things are crazy right now. I've just quit drugs. I don't have a job. I've been kicked out of school. I've got no family around. I don't know what to do. Like, I just felt completely lost. And um, I felt like I had no purpose. I felt like, what's the point in being there? Like, I've done nothing with my life at that point. Now, 20 years old, I decided, you know what? It's rather I'm going to end up dead or I'm going to end up living the life that I don't love or I can try and build something now. Because at the time, I was still 20 years old. So I was like, I've still got heaps of time ahead of me to try and build something. So what I wanted to do was to try and find a way to help people that are in my similar situation and take them on that journey. So my page that is now One Talk, back when I first started, it was called Mental Health Experience. So I created the page called Mental Health Experience and what that was was a way for me to share my journey with the people I know to hopefully inspire them, but also to inspire me. And through that, I've gotten to where I have now. But over the years, it's just been implementing heaps of different type of strategies, tools, and coping mechanisms to now at a point where I don't even battle depression. I would say I don't even battle anxiety either. Um, Like I'm human, I have moments, but it's not like a daily thing that I find myself battling. Um, But yeah, that's basically my journey in a nutshell and what I've had to overcome. There is a lot of 
steps and stories within that period because yeah. a lot of shit happened. But like as an overview, that's me. Wow, <laughs> man. Like to recognize that at 20 years old, that's a credit to you, man. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, that realization that came to me is just, I was, I've always been like a very curious person. Like, especially at age 20, like growing up, doing drugs and all that. I was very curious to see what was on the other side of things. I think that's why I was abusing drugs so much because I wanted to see what was on the other side of it. I wanted to try every drug just to see what was the experience was going to be like. But I wanted to use that same mindset with you know self-improvement. So when I was 20 years old and I was like, all right, what's the other side of feeling like shit? What's the other side of wanting to kill myself? What's on the other side of depression? What's on the other side of my best friend would come to my house I wouldn't be able to leave my room because I'd be shaking with anxiety just to go and say hello to him. Like my best mate that I've known for ages. Wow. Yeah, and I was like, what's on the other side of this all? And that's when the journey really started. They're like, all right, let's find ways to stop shaking with anxiety. Let's find ways to improve these four patterns and beliefs. So I just started going to the gym. That was my first thing. So I going to the gym. As soon as I got to the gym, I got involved in an environment that was a bunch of people wanting to improve themselves. And... To begin with, I didn't have that realisation. It was mainly just to go and show up and see what I can do. But over time, I realised that I'm actually making steps. I'm actually making progression. And then when I saw that reflection in myself, it made me really curious and tapping into more of a spiritual side of myself. When COVID first happened, um, when I was about 22, that's when I started breath work, meditation, going loads of woo-woo journeys, people might call it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Don't mind woo-woo. Yeah, but then that's brought me to where I am now. Mate, that's awesome. Mm. Like that whole period, like I'm super grateful for it. Yeah. I don't know what, I, I, if it wasn't for that period, I wouldn't have been able to go within yeah. to learn the things that, that you've learned yourself too. Like I wouldn't have been able to do any of this stuff if it wasn't for that period. Like I'll, if the world didn't shut down, I would still be yeah. on that path of self-destruction is what I call it. Yeah. But yeah, it sounds like you've had a very similar yeah, I'm keen to hear your Experience. story too because you probably relate to this. Like when I reflect back on all the craziness that's happened in my life and all the bad decisions that I've made, I don't regret any of it. Like I'm very grateful that I did what I did because I never harmed anyone, I would say, but a main personal harm was myself. I'm very grateful I lived that life because I felt like it served the purpose for who I am now and what I aim to do in the future. So everything I've been through, was I was meant to live that. So I can share that. I'll say Yeah. How about yourself, man? I'm really keen to hear about your journey. I just want to reply to what you just said. That was awesome, man, because I would beat up on myself of the things I used to do. Even 12 months ago, I'd go, like so much judgment, so much hate and and resentment towards that version of me that if you go on my Instagram, first photo you'll see is a drunk photo of me at 26. Mm. Like it took a lot of courage for me to post that photo because a lot of stuff come up. It's like I had to accept that that's who I was and forgive that version of myself that, that existed to then move forward. Uh, accept and forgive that version of yourself because it's not as easy as it sounds. Nah. It is a process. It takes a lot of sitting in solitude, yep. sitting within and connecting and actually processing it and not avoiding it. Yep. Like once you actually f- accept and forgive and then you can use your own experience as a 100%. superpower, <laughs> like it's a blessing, especially yeah. working with young people and spreading the message and having the podcast as well, you're able to share your own experiences where people are rather living it currently, or yeah. they have a friend or a family member living it currently, or they just find inspiration from it in general to take their own improvement or take their own journey of steps going forward. 100%. And I walked up to that guy in a in a meditation and just put my arm around him and said, mate, you know, you've you've paved the way for me to write my own comeback story. Mm. Talk to me about like Thank what came you. up in that. 
for you? Like well, being able to hug that version of yourself. Well, I was on the fetal position in my in the floor of my old bedroom back back in Victoria one night. Yeah, I was I was actually writing a forgiveness letter to myself, right? Mm. And you could say spirit, you could say whatever. I went back through my old photos on Facebook for some reason. Yeah, I found that photo, and I sat there and cried. I was like, "Why am I crying? Looking at that drunk photo of me." We can we can share that photo. It's on the first. It's the first photo on my Instagram pin photo. And I was like, "Why am I crying with this?" So I sat with it for most of the day, and I went to my room. My brother sort of just gave it to me straight and said, "Look, go to your room and just." Do what you need to do with that because I was just off that day. I was angry. I was moody. I was irritable, you could say. Yeah. My brother usually just gives it to me straight with, with stuff and he goes, just go to your room. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, all right. I went to my room, looked at this photo. I just got it up on my phone, just looked at it and just went and just did some deep breathing and I put some sound healing on, some 528 mm. love frequency and just went back to that guy in that nightclub. So that was my lowest point. I did drugs that night. I openly admit that now. I, who knows what I said to some women that night. Wouldn't have been great looking back on it now. And I walked up to him and just grabbed him and just and just said, Nath, yeah. I'm standing before you, a cleaner, healthier, stronger version of you. Mm. We don't have to carry around this baggage that you were carrying around back then. Yeah. That's going to write you the most epic comeback story. The hero journey. And, yeah, and I just held him and said, mate, thank you for being, or actually thank you for that part of my life. Mm. I love you. I am you. You are me. We are one. We are powerful. Mm. We're about to write a new story now. And I went back to every version of me that exists. I went back to the three-year-old Nath, mm. the school version of Nath. Like I went back to all those versions and said that to him yeah. to thank him for who I am now. Like, how powerful is that too? When you get to live those experiences so vividly and so real. I went back well. to it. Yeah. Exactly. Because I've got something similar as well that will relate to that. I remember once I went to like a sound bowl healing and this How was good a, are they, by the way? Oh, man. Oh, i got some amazing. friends that can... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. rippers. Anyway, go on. Some of, the, yeah, <laughs> some of the journeys you go on on these sound oh, bowl man. healings. Like this one I went on, yep. it, was, um, it was like at a point in my life when I was still holding on to the past version of myself as like a protective factor yeah. or maybe something to lean back on if this new version of me failed. That's what I thought about that time. So I, I went to deep meditation and what I envisioned was me hanging over a cliff and the version of me now holding a rope on the edge of the cliff. And as soon as I looked over, the old version of me is dangling from the cliff holding the rope and, I'm, and he's like begging me to stay, begging me to stay. And the version of me is like trying to reason with him why I should keep him in my life and trying to make him better or make him change. And he didn't want to change. So what I ended up doing was just letting go of the rope and letting it drop. Wow. And I like, like basically killed that old version of myself. And then when I came out of the meditation, anyway, like I felt good. An hour after that, I just started feeling sick. Started purging, started vomiting, started sweating to the point I had to go to the hospital. <sighs> So I ended up in hospital overnight because my body was so dehydrated. I was purging that much that I couldn't stop. Ended up getting all my fluids back in me. And then um, the next day I spoke with the teacher of the of the sound bowl healing. She said to me, your body just purged out that old version of you. Like energetically, you just shifted all that out of you. That was what the purge was. <laughs> and I truly felt that. Yeah, um, I had a very similar story to that <laughs> too. It wasn't a sound bowl. So the day after I did that, what I just shared before, mm. purge, mate. Um, my brother uh, was going through it too. So he did something similar and he had the, yeah, we were both, and I was, 
when he was going through his, I was like, oh, well, I'm not going to purge. I'll, I'll be fine. You know what I mean? <laughs> Next day I had, I was on the toilet. I was just what you were. I didn't go to hospital though. Yeah. But it was the same thing. I was purging that, those emotions and stuff. Mm. And this is another part of that that I'll share too, is that when you're in that purging state, um, on a soul level, because mm. I was also, I was not only just forgiving myself, I was forgiving some of my, some of my old friends and some people that had wronged me as well yeah. during that time. So my brother got this awesome a- a- advice where you can put yourself in a meditative state and call those people in on a soul level and say the Ho'oponopono prayer. Have you heard of the Ho'oponopono? I haven't, though. That's something I'll share with you later. Uh, the the link to the um to the prayer and the and the video that I do. Okay, yep. Ho'oponopono. I'll put that in the show notes for those out there. So what that did for me was my brother did that, and then it, and then during the day I was, I just had the sh- I I just had I'll just openly admit I had the shits so I had it all coming out everywhere, and he just said Nath just go to your room do that and you'll be fine. Yeah. So I went to my room and called in all the people that have wronged me. People that I needed to forgive that I hadn't written letters to yet, which we can discuss if you want to, the forgiveness process I did. Yeah, 100%. I called those people in on a soul level, right? So I envisioned them, I'm in like this, I don't know, call it a room or in the ocean or wherever I was, and I was surrounded by them. They were all around me. I looked them in the eye and said, I love you, I thank you, please forgive me. No, I love you, I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you. And I did that 16 times. Yeah, well, how'd you feel after? I didn't have the shits anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <It went away. laughs> well, that's the thing. I did, I did one last run to the toilet and then I woke up the next day like I had, like I had a hangover. Mm. But I was fine. I still did things that I normally would do. Yeah. I went for a run and did those things. But, um, yeah, I was fine. Mm, that's super interesting because at the time when I purged, I wasn't too knowledgeable around any of the spiritual stuff because like at the beginning of my journey i think that's why i went to hospital because i was just like what's going on what's yeah. wrong with me? but it's really cool to hear that because if i ever experienced that again i can really sit with it and think what's coming that's up. that's the thing when i take my clients through that process mm. i say to them look you don't want to end up like me yeah so when that when those feelings and you've got the runs coming on mm. just go to your room or go to your happy place or go to a sacred space and just call in those people or call in that person that you've got the anger or the hate or the whatever you need to shift with that person and just say the whole pono pono prayer a few times to them yeah. and then watch them walk away into the light, into the wherever, mm. and then feel that shift. That, yeah, it's powerful. Can you need to know that forgiveness process as well. Well, like, for those that don't know who I am, I'm Nathan Francis. I'm a, I've lived a very interesting life prior to being here. Um, I was your typical Australian male that would drink, party, smile, sometimes smoke to fit in with others. Yeah. Old party, oh, try and find the route for the night and do all those things, right, that young males do. Mm. I did that for a very, very long time um, until COVID started and I went into my own stuff. But, yeah, I was a very – I was a people pleaser. I did all those things throughout my whole – for as long as I can remember, really. And um, I all lived a very... From 16 to 27 was... Well, I'm very grateful for that period of my life, too. But I did some things that I wasn't proud of, but they've shaped who I am today. 
Um, what I do now is I'm a, I'm a self-sabotage coach. So I did a coaching certification program online through a mentor of mine called Jason Christoph, yep. who I think you should connect with. Um, he runs a self-sabotage coaching program where you learn about the subconscious mind and you learn about how powerful we are as human beings. We learn about why we do the things we do and where it's programmed from. And then I sort of did that coaching certification. Then my spiritual stuff came online. I did some healing sessions. Oh, I've got so many mentors on the spiritual side that have helped me step into my power spiritually to then that subconscious mind stuff is, is awesome. Then it's like, well, there's spiritual stuff like underneath that. Yeah. Like we go really deep into that now. Mind, and body and soul. Yeah, literally mind, body and soul. And it's like, well, through those mentors that I've had, Gina, Vicky, I'll name them there, Gina, Vicky, there's so many, Raj, like there's so many people. My, my own brother's super gifted now. It's like I've stepped into that power. Mm-hmm. And that three-year-old version of Nathan that had his power taken away is now validated. That three-year-old Nate's got his power back. Yeah. How important is that? The, yeah, and that's the thing. No one's ever going to take that power away from me again. Mm. Like when you're so sure of yourself, it's like no one can actually throw you off that path. Like mm. when you're so sure of your purpose and who you are. Was that a journey? Like when you were abusing drugs and you're just living that lifestyle, because this somewhat relates to me, so I'm keen to hear your perspective. Was it a big identity crisis in your life of who you truly were or was it something else? Good question. It was, I didn't, I was confident in who I was. So I was confident in going out for the night, which this sounds very arrogant and I, and if I offend anyone, I'm sorry, but I was very confident in going out that night and finding someone to go home with. Yeah. So I was very confident in who I was and the program that I was acting out. But what about the transition? But from, the transition, yeah. yeah. But the transition off out of that lifestyle was I was running away. Yeah. I had some stuff going in my house that one day I'll share. It's actually some of it's in, in my book, so I'll, I'll leave it. But And I also had some things going on in my personal life that that 10-year-old version of Nathan would always run, would run away. So I was exposed to porn very, very early on. So like you with drugs, yeah. porn was my biggest Thing. Mm. So from 10 years old to 26, 27, I'd just put, I, during the week, I'd watch porn. Yeah. Or, and then when I turned 17, 18, alcohol. So then it was alcohol. So the porn was the first layer. Then you pick up the alcohol. Then you pick up the partying. Then you pick up the drugs to keep numbing that reality, keep numbing yourself. Mm. Then you pick up going to f- casual sex. That is an addiction. Casual yeah. sex is an addiction. 100%. I was addicted to sex because I was addicted to porn. But then I pick up all those things. But that little boy, mm. that little 10-year-old boy, it was porn. Yeah. So it was easy to quit the casual sex. It's like, okay, I'm going to stop doing that and treating women that way because of my own issues that I have mm. with women and with myself. So I'm just going to walk away from that lifestyle. And then the alcohol. I just woke up one. I just this. I looked in myself in in the mirror one night, Ryan. I said, "Nath, this is your last night of partying, drinking, doing those things. Just have one last night, and then that's it." Mm-hmm. I went out that night and just got absolutely hammered. Did the drugs, did all those things, and my moment came at five a.m. the following morning, where oh, I didn't even know where I was. I was at my cousin's house, I think, mm-hmm. and I'm sitting on this plastic fold-out table talking to three young girls. I was the oldest person at that 
house gathering. It was during COVID, so it was a, a legal party. Yeah. I was the oldest person that played by five years. Mm. And I'm sitting there talking to two young girls trying to pick them up. And I fall through the table. Yeah. Like the table gave out. And the table was sturdy. Mm. It's like that was my moment. That was my rock bottom Had hitting that up. ground. Yeah. was like no more. Mm. Like they're all young. I'm 20. How was I then? 26, 27? Yeah. Grow up, Nathan. So then I woke up the next morning, or next afternoon actually, it was an all-nighter, and then Jason Christoph came into my life, the mentor that I spoke about before. He did a podcast with a bloke here in Australia, and he was talking about self-sabotage. And I'm hungover, I'm fried, I'm all those things, and I was so crook. But he was talking about people-pleasing. I went, tick, alcohol, tick, casual sex, tick, self-sabotaging behaviours, tick, negative thoughts, Everything he was talking about, I ticked every single box. Yeah. I was like, how can I rid myself of that? Mm-hmm. So I started emailing him and going, oh, here's some free, some free advice. And then a month, two months later, he opened up his coaching school to become a self-sabotage coach. I'm like, I've got to do this. Yeah. I need to shed this to then help people shed theirs. And it was the most beautiful journey. Yeah. Because here I am right now talking on a podcast like this, living on the Sunshine Coast. Never thought I'd be here. Was the transition like when you had that moment, you fell on the table, you woke up the next day, what was it like to actually, like it, within the first seven days, let's say, day to day to actually try and make the transition to make change and to try and re- rewire the four patterns, trying to rewire the beliefs like at the initial stages? Like, can you talk to me about that? It was hard, man. It was hard because I was letting go of who I used to be. Mm. Like everyone in my old town of Bendigo, Victoria, knew me as a womanizer, fuck boy, party boy, all those things. That was like my identity. Yeah. So I turned my back on that and started talking about the things that I used to be doing. Mm. But it was really hard going through that time because people would still think that I was still that version of me. Yeah. So I was dealing with the obviously the people-pleasing stuff too, but to rewire myself, I had to go in deep with myself, listen to hypnosis recordings of self-love and self-worth. And But if something hard happened in, in my life, I would still I still had porn there. So I still had that escape. I still ran. The moment came when I just sat with myself and just said, Nathan, stop running. Mm. But there was this voice in the back of my head, which I'll talk about. I might as well talk about it. Since I turned... When did my grandfather die? 17. Yeah. It was about the time I started drinking when, when, he, when he passed away. Yeah. Yeah. So 17 to 27, I had this voice in the back of my head. It was whether it was a night after doing drugs or partying or walking a woman out, being rude to her or ghosting a woman or having a nice woman come in. And there was always a voice in my head saying, Nathan, stop. Nathan, stop running. Nathan, stop. The moment... On that Thursday night where I sat with myself and listened to that voice, Nathan stopped. Yeah. The moment that I stopped and listened, that voice was my grandfather's voice. And it was super powerful. Mm. It was just in the back of my head. And as soon as I stopped running, I actually get emotional talking about it. As soon as I stopped running, that was it. That was that was my line in the sand of going, that lifestyle that you're currently living is done. Yeah, well. And then he his voice has guided me home not home home is in like a physical home home back into my heart mm. that's where our home is our home's here and here in our heart space 
He guided, he guided me home. He helped. Oh, I'm getting a mo- He's literally, he guided me home to my heart. And that's the first time I've ever shared that with someone. So thank you for allowing me to share that. He guided me home to my heart. He Beautiful. held my hand through the whole journey of the alcohol, the casual sex, of all of that stuff that I quit. And then he held me home and said, no, stop watching porn. But I went back to that 10-year-old kid that was exposed to that. I watched all the shows. I watched The American Pie, The Two and a Half Men, The Friends. So you could see what sort of guy I wanted to be. And that's the guy everyone on, on like at the moment, young boys want to be. They want to be Joey. Well, they they, they yeah. want to be Stifler. They want to be Charlie. Charlie Sheen, yeah. I wanted to be that guy because he had the, he had the, the cigars, the beach house. He had the revolving door of women. That's the guy I thought was a king and was cool. The guy that's actually king and cool is the guy that's working on his emotions. The guy that shows up every day and goes to the gym. The guy that actually respects women. The guy that is just from a heart-centered place fulfilling his sole purpose. That's actually been a king. And when I realized that, I was like, that whole system that we all, you know, the TV shows and that, that's programming us to to be an inverted version of a king. That's not being a king. Women hate being treated like that. Yeah, because I would treat women like that. That's so well said. Like yeah, the um, <laughs> like what is on TV and what people look up to is so disaligned from who we truly are and who we truly should be, or what a man is. And I feel like that's why there's a whole misconception on masculinity and manhood at the moment because the things that people idolize isn't what masculinity or a strong man is. Like you said, come home to the heart, be of loving, be of service. As well, that's, that's what truly a man is, and being able to connect to your heart and do things out of love mm. is so important. And we're we're leaders, we're builders, and we're creators. Yeah, that's what we came here to do. We didn't come here to go to school and do things we hate for for all of our lives. Yeah. We came here to lead, build, and create. Now, I don't see many young boys our age leading, building, creating. Mm. They're all fucking partying, sleeping around. That's not that's not leading, building, and creating. Yeah, doing similar stuff to what we were doing in the past. Yeah, yeah. I've bef- I want to quickly just go back to your story yep. before we talk about this because I've got yep. a question that I go feel like it. a lot of people will relate to. It's around the people pleasing and also that people had a idea of your identity. So with the whole people pleasing and people having a perception of you, like how did you disconnect from people's perception of who you truly were and disconnect from the people pleasing? at the same time because when you know who you truly are but people still have a perception of you some people can still feel like they still need a shop as that person the people please but how did you avoid other people's perceptions to connect to who you truly are because a lot of people they care about other people's judgment too much they care about other people's opinions too much so how did you really shift not i wouldn't say not caring but how did you shift the idea of putting so much weight in other people's opinions and instead of just bringing the focus i'll give the old version nice some credit here when he was the fuck boy in the party boy, he didn't give a shit about what anyone thought yeah. about him. So he, I walk, I would walk into a nightclub. I would see the women looking at me. Mm. It's almost as if they knew who I was without even knowing who I was because women talk. Mm. I didn't give a shit about that. So it was very easy for me to then go, well, I'm going to change and still not give a shit about what people thought of me. Mm. But it wasn't, but it was what I thought of myself. Yeah. So I was never really one that gave a shit, but I cared about what my circle would think. But I walked away from that circle of friends that I had. 
And that was a really hard process because I stopped doing the things that they were doing. I walked away and went, I don't do those things anymore. I have a different perception of the reality and the world we live in. And it's not meeting, we're not meeting each other anymore. We're not finding common ground here. So I just upped and left. Then I started speaking about things that my beliefs and my old ways and I would get messages and stuff from people that still think that I was that, you know, pull your head in, different things. It's like, well, no, this is the way I'm going now. I'm transitioning to this version of me. Yeah. I don't need to sit here and pick up a drink because Joey, Sammy and all the other boys are, 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 are all drinking. Mm. I don't need to do that anymore. Yeah, I can go into a pub now and sit with a group, group of blokes and just have a glass of water. Yeah, I feel that. Like, cause <laughs> for me, with like, I'm around people that are doing drugs, which is very, very rare. Like doing coke and all that stuff. Like I can have a bunch of people around me doing it and they don't have the slightest temptation to do it because like I'm so sure of me and my mission and who I am to my true core. You show me your six best friends mm. and I'll show you where the, where the, where the drinker is. Like yeah. You are who you surround yourself with. Yeah. I don't yeah. surround myself with drinkers and smokers anymore. Mm. I don't surround myself with people going to, to disrespect women on, on a night out. I don't even go out anymore. I don't. Have a late night. I don't want to be in bed by 8, 30, 9 o'clock. Yeah, preach. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, but back onto the people pleasing. We all want to please others around us. So if we're someone that doesn't really do these things, but if everyone else is around doing it, we're yeah. more inclined to do it just to fit in, yeah. just to bond with. A tribalism mindset, just want yeah. to be a part and of the community. It goes back to when we were born. So from the age of zero to seven, mm-hmm. we're the most powerful where the moment we pick up all of our subconscious programs. Yeah. So if we watched our mum and dad come home after a hard day and crack open a bottle of beer, what are we more inclined to do on a repetition basis? Crack a beer when we get home. Exactly. Mm. It's like going to the gym. All right? If you want to reprogram this part of the mind, you need to go to the gym. You need to go to the mental gym. You need to put hypnosis in there. Surround yourself with positive content. The marathon continues. Yeah. Like, Think of something that you need to say to yourself that you don't usually say. Mine is, I love you always, Nathan. I believe in everything you do. Success is yours. I look at that. I say that to myself every single day. That has now worked. Do you say it in the mirror or what's the process? In the mirror. It's an affirmation on my wall. I say it in the mirror. I just, if I go for a walk and I'm stuck in traffic or whatever it is, I'll just say, I love you always, Nathan. Believe in everything you do. Success is yours. People think like with affirmations too, people think, oh, all you're doing is repeating words. But over a certain period of time, you really rewire your own beliefs and thoughts. You are. And I've, like, that's been very evident in my life. I started to do like guided affirmations over binaural beats. So I listen to that before I go to bed. And They're awesome, by the way. Yeah. And it's like, there's this one called Alpha Affirmations and there's just loads of different types of ones on the YouTube channel. I listen to them every night and I see myself showing up as the affirmations that I hear repeated to Same. myself. And like if... That is molding you. What else is molding you in your own life from the people you're hanging around, the content that you consume, the movies or TV shows that you watch, the influences that you indulge in? Like what information are you absorbing that's exactly. truly molding who you so are? So if you're watching all of those shows I just spoke about and that's mm. a repetition thing, mm. then if that's so powerful in, 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 in leading you towards self-destruction, mm. then why don't you turn your back on that Put some affirmations on your wall. Listen to some hypnosis recordings that we can both send people. Yeah. But then we look for the quick fix though. It's like, well, I'll do it for a couple of weeks. I don't really feel a shift. I don't really feel a change. So we'll quit. That's another subconscious program too, by the way, which we can, I can help people shift that. Yeah. But the thing is, I've been doing this for now for two years. Mm. That's two years of reprogramming this mind away from all things, self-love, love of another being, 
um, wealth. Uh, what else have I reprogrammed? Porn as well. It's like this has taken two years. That's a long time. We need to go back to the patience of the resilience and the discipline to see things out. 100% because everyone wants things now. And like even for myself, it took me at least three years. But we years. always find a way to cheat. Yeah. Like going to the gym, people take steroids to yeah. cheat their way to a strong, strong healthy body. Mm. I've been going to the gym for the last probably eight months, starting to see some really awesome improvements only now. But if I had have been who I was before, I would have gone, well, I would have just quit because there was nothing happening. And that's it. you got to see the long road. Like, it's a lifestyle change. Like, when I went to the gym, I was about 60 kilos. I was um, severely underweight at the time. Mm. And it took me ages to even gain weight, probably like a year and a half, two years to start gaining weight. But now I've been going to the gym for about eight years. So, like, the results have compacted over time. But... It takes a little while to get the ball rolling, to get the momentum going. And eventually it becomes a routine because Habit, yep. I think a lot of people, when they want to cheat or cut corners, are looking for a quick fix rather than like an actual lifestyle change, which is the thing that's going to benefit you in the long term. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing with society is we're a short term, we're looking for the short term pleasure. Yeah. There's no long term goal. It's like when you work with me, I will help you map out your 10 year plan. But then we'll, we'll, we will minimize it to five years, three years, two years, one year, six months. Mm. So it's like those little baby steps to get to that 10-year goal. So your, so your 10-year goal might be um, having a bloody kingdom or a palace or a, or a 10-year goal might be, you know what, I want to be um, I want to have my own book, series of books or whatever your dream is. I can help you get there, but it's like you need the baby steps to get to that goal. You can't just rush all your way there. That's really good what you said about reverse engineering. Like, figure out where you want to be, break it down to steps that you can take, yeah. and you'll eventually get there. But then put yourself in the moment too. So put yourself like that version of you in ten years already exists. So once you walk, do what I did before, walk up to that version of you in ten years' time that has the thing that you want or the family or whatever it is. Walk up to that version of you, boy or girl, and be like, oh, "I want to be you." Yeah. You're downloading that blueprint to be that version. I've walked up to the version of me that exists in ten years. I've walked up to the version that existed with here right now, talking here three years ago. I walked up to those people because they already exist. They've already quit the thing that you want to quit. Yeah, Walk up to them. I want to be you. Visualization is so important. Powerful, and I man. feel like it's very underappreciated in terms of growing. Like for people that- well, there's so many distractions, Ryan. You've got the phone, you got your you got your TV, you got all these things that are distracting you away from actually- putting that shit down and just, yeah, visualizing your dream or the the person you wish to become. 100%. Of like, for the people listening who are more sciencey, I guess, there's actually there was a study done on visualization to try and prove a point. So a bunch of neuroscientists got down and he wanted to do a test on visualization and how impactful it actually is. So what they did is they got 30 people to come into a room into like a basketball court Split, split the 30 people into three groups of 10. And they said to the first group, come back in 30 days. Don't do any visualization. Don't do any physical practice. Just come back in 30 days. The second group of people, they said, shoot from the free throw line every day for 30 days. Only physical practice, no visualization. Come back in 30 days. The third group of people, they said, only visualize yourself every single day, shooting from the free throw line. Come back in 30 days. Do no physical practice. Anyway, the 30 days, everyone came back. The group who did no physical or visualization had like 0% improvement. <laughs> the group that did the physical practice only had 27% improvement. And the group that did the visualization practice did 26% improvement. From no physical practice whatsoever, improved 26%. 
that just shows the power of our mind when we start visualizing things and we visualize in detail as well especially if we go to our future self and we see that person and we build the blueprint to get there or we visualize a goal that we have and we can actually get there by visualizing it or even a new habit or belief that we want we visualize it we see it we believe it over time you're going to mold yourself into that and you're going to achieve it but to really amplify that mm. what does it feel like what does it taste like yeah. what does it smell like what does it hear like like if you can get those senses going into that too, that amplifies that. Yeah. Because then you're starting to feel it and you're starting to see it and you're starting to smell and taste it. And you're like, oh. Yeah. Like a good example for me would be back in school, I never would speak in front of the class. Like I a good hate public speaking. Like my teacher, I used to say to my English teacher, I'll do me um, presentation on lunch break because I'm not doing it in front of the class. Anyway, when I got out of school and I started wanting to run workshops and events and stuff, I had to speak in front of crowds of people fuck, this is one of my biggest fears. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so what I started to do was I visualized myself going up on stage, visualize everyone's facial expressions, visualize the air contact on my skin, visualize if someone coughs, visualize if someone laughs. And when I get up on stage, it's like I've already lived that experience and everything is second nature. It's like I've done the um, like the practice during the week and then game days and the weekend, I'm ready. Yeah, that's yeah. powerful, man. Because mm. I've visioned the same thing too. And I never really had that, um, never really had that, that that problem but i was always the one at university that wouldn't get the work done so i was always yeah. sitting in that of not knowing what i was talking about but now that i've you know you do you do your prep and you know what you're talking about so it's a bit different but yeah I, that's the thing with the with, with, with the school system currently is that like for me you had that it come in the school system well i'll tell you a story about what happened come with me and how this book was formed so mm. i had a so there was a parent-teacher interview that I was in prep grade one and grade two. So I was in that key age group I was talking about before. And I was on the floor playing Lego and my parents were talking to the teacher. And I was and back then I was writing about becoming a hero. It was, I don't know if you're familiar with AFL. Yeah. I was about James Hurd, an old Essendon footballer that I idolised as, as a kid. Then it was me kicking the goal after the siren and hearing the crowd cheering and all that sort of stuff, being yeah. the hero. I used to write about that all the time. This teacher was talking to my parents. And I'll never, ever forget what she said to them. Oh, we, don't, we don't want Nathan writing about that stuff anymore. Mm. We want him writing what everyone else is writing. I was like, I don't want to do this shit. Yeah. I don't want to do that. I want to write my, my comic books, my freaky stories, my, my all this stuff. I want. That got shunted off right there. Like I put that, was like, well, then that's not worthy. Yeah. You my whole writing ability was shut off for 20 years after that and that's happening so much to so many people as well and like it puts up so many walls literally in man. front of you stop so you. then I'm, I'm on a table with my mentor and she's like you know you're a writer and i knew what was coming up and i was like yeah i am a writer but i just don't feel like i'm worthy enough to write and i don't know why but i, I did know why mm. and then i went back to that child in that moment and i walked up to him and said what i said to that 26 year old drunk version of me i just said that's that's one person's perception of who I can be. Yeah. There's six billion people on this planet. I think you'll find someone to resonate with. Yeah. And that child was validated. He was heard. He was seen. That book was written in six weeks, mate. Well, wow. I shit you not. When you talk about going back into old versions of yourself, just for the listeners so they can put it into practice for themselves, yep. what does that process look like? For Visualization. You? And setting an intention. So I'll, you don't have to set an intention. You can just go back to wherever you want to go back to. But I usually just have a drink of water, 
clean water, filtered water, and set an, an intention of healing or forgiveness or going back to then move forward. Mm. And I then put some sound healing on, uh, any of the frequencies, five to eight, triple one, there's so many of them. And then I just lay there and just go back to that moment. I allow myself to go back to that moment. Mm. Sometimes it's guided or it used to be guided. Now I can do that at any given time. Yeah. The more practice you do, the more you'll be able to drop into it. Like with meditation, when I first started, and a lot of people relate with this, when you first start meditation, you're like, I can't meditate, it's too hard. Yeah, the more you practice that. it, the more you do it. You can just drop into it like that. Yeah. Like now I can close my eyes and I'll be in the meditation. But everyone says that, Ryan, and there's, do you know why people can't meditate and they say that? Because they don't want to go back. Like They don't want to go back to that moment. It's too scary. Well, that's why. So they block themselves it. from ever meditating. It's so true. That's why I used to always avoid it because I used to be scared of my thoughts. Same. Like I used to have intrusive thoughts that would come up about the most random shit and I was too scared to go and sit with them to see what else will come up. So doesn't up. it make sense why people have their headphones in, they're constantly watching TV, they're constantly doing, they're constantly busy, right, in, in their time. lives yeah. that if they ever had free time to just sit still, they couldn't sit still because they don't want to go back in here to then, to then go back to, to that dark place. Yeah, and it's like the only time that people really are with their thoughts is when they're trying to go to sleep. Yeah, and that's why people sometimes can't sleep, mate. Yeah. Because they don't want to go back. Hmm. It's quite interesting that if you can go back, shit, you can you can propel forward quickly. 100%. And also being able to be comfortable with your thoughts. That was one of the biggest things I had to learn was be able to sit with them and not feel a disease. But also acknowledge them. Yeah. Like, my perception of women was always sexual. And I never used to have female friends. This is my thoughts. This is You're going into my mind now back then. So I never used to have female friends. I couldn't be friends with them. Why? Because I want to do that with them. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then now I have older female friends. I have some younger female friends. I've helped females now. I see the soul. And to change that perception was, well, they birth life. Yeah. So they're pretty fucking powerful. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and they're not just someone to sleep with and then forget about. Mm. There's more to a person than that. Yeah. So that sort of changed my perception of women. Now I have more women friends than I do male friends, and that's been an interesting journey in itself too, but here I am. But it's like, yeah, I don't see women as the sexual objects I used to see them because... That's what porn does. Yeah. And really being able to acknowledge your thoughts. So that's an important piece because once you're able to acknowledge your thoughts, then you're able to sit with them and rationalize or observe and see different perspectives and actually have internal thinking about why these thoughts are coming up and understand them. Mm. So if we don't understand them, they're just going to keep coming up. They're going to keep coming into our mind and invading. But we truly sit with them and we truly find where they're coming from, which is usually the older version of ourselves that we have to go to. Yeah, and then it's that going to that dark place. Mm. If you can go to that dark place and come out the other side, you can literally create heaven on earth in, in, in your own life. Yeah. Like the, 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 the world will just light up for you. And I, and I know for me that when, when I often go back to those dark places, which we still do, that it's not a very long time to be in that dark place anymore. And I don't have to go to those habits I used to go to. It's like I can allow myself to sit with that dark place and thank it for the lessons and move forward. What's some of the things you do on like a daily basis to be able to, it's because it, back in the day, it was drugs, alcohol, women. Watching porn. Watching porn. Jacking off into the sheets Jack, every night. 
Exactly. So what, what are the things you do day to day now to really just connect? I get up in the morning. I get up at four, between four and quarter past 4 a.m. I'll meditate. I'll do a hypnosis recording on wealth or who knows what it is, love and relationships, whatever I'm feeling at the time. And then I'll get up and I'll go to the gym. Yeah. I go to the gym at 5 a.m. every single morning. Um, well, every weekday morning. And then and then this morning I went to the beach for a swim, which I shared on my Insta story. And like, so on, on weekends I'll get up at that same time, but I'll go to the beach, go for a walk, I'll do something else just to give the body a bit of a rest as well. But yeah, I go to the gym, man, and that's been a game changer in my life. But prior to going to the gym, I would meditate, do something physical still. Um, but yeah, it's finding something and then that becomes habit too. Yeah. Like we can we can get up in the in, in the morning and go to the gym once or once or twice a week. That's not really a habit. It's doing it every single day and showing up for yourself. Showing up, yeah. And we have the excuses of oh it's too hot. Oh it's too cold. Oh, I'm not feeling well today. Oh, I'm too tired. I'm too this, yeah. I'm too that. Just go and just get there. And once you get there, fuck yeah, you just go and do it and you'll feel so much better afterwards. I've never been to the gym and I've gotten there. I've regretted going. Never regretted going no, either. No, never regretted going. The but jeez, I have some demons though, bro. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like I get, the whole time trying to convince myself to go. Yeah. It's difficult. But when I'm there, I'm like, oh. But now it's well, like when I, when, well, so I went with a buddy of mine back in, back in where, where I'm from. And I would have the demons. It was freezing cold. It was middle of winter. It was like negative yeah. two degrees. And I'm like, I could just stay in bed. I had all those demons, but I still got there. Yeah, I was a bit late and I, he would, you know, give me a bit of shit for it, but I would still get there. And now it's habit. Weather's better up here, so it's a little bit easier. Yeah. But I might be, you know, tired or just not feeling it, but I'll still go. And then you'll be surprised that when you actually get there, your body can actually go. Like okay, it, yeah. it, it, it will go. Yeah. And on days where it won't go, well, I'll just drop the weights back a bit. I'll still get some reps in. That's why I like seeking discomfort. I believe that's why I bought the ice bath to begin with. Powerful. So I bought it at the beginning of winter because at the time I was like, oh, I'll eventually get an ice bath. Like the worst time to buy one would be now in winter <laughs> and do it outside. So I was like, you know, I'm going to buy one and do it in the mornings when it's freezing cold and raining. So that's what I did. Then seeking that discomfort daily has then helped me with all the other things that I don't want to do. I can do them anyway. Like go to the gym. All right, today I may not be doing 100% pushing weights, but at least I can do 70. I can do something. Or today, I don't want to go to the gym. At least I can go for a run or go for a walk or do something to move my body because I know it's going to benefit me. It's powerful moving that body. You're moving all that energy through your body too. Like even like dancing and doing those things too. Yeah. If you're if you're into dancing and stuff, you can really move that energy through your body. We're yeah. energy. Like everything's yeah. energy. Yeah. So if we're stuck and stagnant, in terms of not moving, then our lives are going to be stuck and stagnant. They're not going to be moving. There's going to be a lot of resistance. Yeah, that yeah. is the resistance. Like, you got to look after yourself physically, mentally, emotionally, financially too, actually, and spiritually. Yeah, because that's the thing as well. Even money's an energy. Yeah, money's oh. an energy. It's actually a sex energy, but it's still energy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing with the world. Like, everything is energy. Like, even these chairs we're sitting on. Yeah. The hard, but it's just combine energy into one it is and with and with money well you can attract money into your life and opportunities into your life i don't know for me but i envision when i lift it's like if i can lift that heavy weight today then i'm worthy of an abundance of money Mm. and whether it's coming now or coming later i know it's coming Mm. 
What's the belief behind that? Like if I can lift weights a day, I can attract money. Is it because you're out there seeking it and putting the blueprint? Yeah, it's like yeah. I'm worthy of lifting that heavy weight. So I did my PB squat yesterday, actually, uh, Thursday, actually. So it's like, well, Let's go. <laughs> if I can do a PB squat, then I can do a PB and get a and get an abundance of money. Like I can earn or make or whatever it is. Yeah. Like that can that will come in. That can eventually come into my life. Or it's like, well, if I can lift that weight today and push through that barrier then I can have a woman close to me and not want to fuck her all the time yeah. and just be in her presence and, and allow her to, for me to drop in my masculinity and for her to drop into femininity and have this sacred relationship mm. that I've never had before. Yeah. But I'm worthy of having it. Mm. So many cool things, man. That worthy thing, it's, it's a big challenge a lot of people face. It's unworthy. Because like you said before, growing up, you felt like you were unworthy to expressing yourself and your ideas and what you want to envision so that gets suppressed right away yeah because when that teacher suppressed that i didn't speak my mind i i i froze i just went along with everyone else's point of view i never really had one well i did have one but i never shared it with the world yeah a lot of people f- relate to that and well. i had that intuitive feeling when covid started so i knew something was wrong so i started sharing it anyway which then brought up that child was like whoa 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 whoa, whoa. and then now it's like well I have the freedom to say what I want. Mm. There's nothing really holding me back. Like the, the shackles have been released. Yeah. And like, it doesn't really, you don't really need discipline to a sense when you know you're like, you're why behind everything you're doing. Like for me, like discipline has to come in every now and then. But it's not something I have to force myself to do because I know my why, I know my mission, I know my envision of myself of what I want in the future. So everything I do day to day is just like stepping blocks to get there. Like the marathon continues. The reason I have that is because if like you break it down into small steps, if you make 1% improvement every day, at the end of the year, that's 365% improvement. Like that's a massive return from a daily investment. 100%. <laughs> but if you look at it in the shorter scale, you may get off track, you may get sidetracked, you may get distracted. But if you know your path, you know you can get there eventually and you do the things you can day to day and you control what you can control, you know you're going to get to where you want to get to. Exactly. That's well said, man. Yeah. And it's also seeking opportunities too. Like we, we, we seem to, during the day, opportunities pass us by. It's like, well, there might be an opportunity there that you've missed and you don't have the eyes to see. It's the same with your life and the, and the things you do. You might, be, you might know at a deep level why you drink, party and smoke and do those things. Mm. But it's like if you can change your perception and see – how and the why you do those things well then you're going to see those opportunities like those number sequences we're talking about before Mm. how many times a day would you see triple one in a number plate yeah i see them all the time Mm. but people drive past those cars all the time but wouldn't see the number sequences or have any any idea now that i've made you all consciously aware of that feel free to comment on the video and tell me how many times you see one 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 and four 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 and two 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 in your travels yeah, even on your phone, like we yeah. check the time and stuff too. I always check the time and it's always 222 or 333 or 444. 11 11. <laughs> yeah. Wild, mate. Wild. But it's like now that you have the eyes to see that, you now have the eyes to see, well, next time you'll pick up that drink, you'll go, well, shit, how am I feeling right now? Am I actually needing, is this going to, and you ask yourself that question, is it going to drag me towards my, or not drag me, is it going to push me into the, best self or is it going to drag me into the gutter of misery yeah have no self-awareness yeah it's so powerful once you change that perception and then yeah develop that self-awareness to be able to have the eyes to see or the 
to see why you're doing these things. Yeah, and like even be, being curious as well around a lot of things, like curious around your own beliefs, curious around your own thought patterns. It's like, why do I believe in this? Is it because I came up with the idea that I should believe in this and it's something that I or truly Or it's someone should? else's idea they put in your head. Exactly. It was someone else's idea that I just subconsciously believed and then now that's my standpoint. That's why I believe in. How many times would we hear as children, money doesn't grow on trees? Yeah. <laughs> that, is a, that is a subconscious, deep level program that exists amongst everyone, right? Yeah. Money doesn't grow on trees. How many, on a rep- if you're thinking of a repetition basis and you hear that all the time, What's your belief on money then? Yeah. Told to get. Like mm-hmm. our thoughts, the things we hear and see are super powerful. Yeah. And if we can change those and change those beliefs and you can definitely change your life mm. because your belief system is different. It's changed. You've changed. Yeah. What's some of the work that you do to help people change those beliefs? Well, I help them see the things that they don't want to go back and see. Mm. So if I had a, if I actually had a, person like me walk in the door, I'd be like, well, there's a little child there that's very, very scared to, excuse me, to put themselves out there. Mm. And it's like, where did that come from? And I'll know as soon as they, like, we write a questionnaire, so I already know where it comes from because they've already, they've already written it down or we develop these psychic abilities, Ryan. Yeah. I already know where it's come from, but I get them to speak it and share it to then help them shift it. Mm. So I'll go, what happened in school? Well, if it was me... I was told by a teacher that my writing was not worthy. Mm. So therefore, I'm not worthy. So then I go, well, you know what? Jeff or whoever their name is, you are worthy. Like I see your potential. So for, for you to help shift that, let's take you back to that child. What happened? What did it feel like? What? And usually it's crying as well. And then, and then we help them shift it forward to be like, well, you know what? That's one person's perception of who you can be. And there's six billion people here. Why don't you go away and do that thing? Because mm. one, there'll be one person that will resonate. Yeah, at least. And that child that's sitting here inside me right now is super validated because there's more than one person resonating with what I'm saying. Mm. It's, there's a whole world out there that's resonating with, with what I'm saying. It's incredible. Yeah, and you would have found that through podcasting as well. Like I have, like when I start speaking on podcasts and you get people listening, engaging with you, it's like a whole community of people out there that really relate. There is, yeah. yeah. And it's and it's interesting, you know, we still get the negative, the negative, but the positive always outweighs the negative. Mm. And it's the same with reprogramming your mind too. If you can limit all the negative influences on your life, that's people, places, TV shows, like just turn, turn your back on that TV, seriously. Mm. And you can actually outrep the um, negative with the positives, like going to the gym. Like if you're going in there skinny with not much muscle, you're eventually going to get enough reps. You're eventually going to outrep and you're going to eventually build strength. You can with your mind too. You can outrep the negative. You've got to cut those negative influences out of your life to then outrep the negative with the positive. So if you take something negative out like, like a TV show, you've got to insert something positive back. So if that TV show is programming you to go and fuck anything in the moves that I used to do, what can you replace that with? Well, I can give you a, a set of affirmations tailored to you. I can give you some hypnosis recordings to listen to every single night about love and healthy relationships. Yeah, and it's just replacing those things as well. Yeah. like even when I quit drugs, like I, I couldn't just quit everything and just sit there and do nothing. Well, I did that. It's like <laughs> I, I, I was like, I need to do something like that. I need to put my focus somewhere. Yeah, like gym or hypnosis or affirmations or med- meditation. Like I need to do something that's going to benefit me or that feels like I'm actually utilizing my time. You know, having those replacements really helped me. 
Yeah, it's 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 taking those old belief systems, acknowledging them for what they were, and inserting new ones. Mm. But it's the it's inserting the self belief within yourself. Like I can sit here and tell you the world isn't the way you see it. Yeah. Well, no, it's not because the world might be different to the way the person over there sees it. They might see things differently, and that's fine. But there are some cold, hard truths slapping people in the face right now. And I really hope one day people can see them. Yeah. But it's actually the way the world works is the, uni- the universe is like a mirror. There's a point to this analogy. The universe is a mirror, right? It mirrors us back to us our reality. So if we're seeing death and destruction and hate and loathe and fear, then we're getting that back in our lives yeah. through people, places, everything, right? If we see love, health, wealth, abundance, freedom, proudly, prosperity, and joy, then we're attracting that into our lives. So that's our perception of the world. Yeah. Like, I see, like, there's a lot of darkness going on in the world right now. I don't see that darkness. I see the beauty in this place that we live, this realm that, that, that we live in. Yeah. I've, I ignore that external darkness and focus on my own internal love and whatever it is, to then see that within the world. I see the beauty in it. Mm, it makes so much sense because like... Does that make sense? It yeah. makes complete yeah. sense to me because like the things that you consume or the things that you put out there to the world, you're only going to attract back to yourself. So like if you reflect on your life and you feel like I only get shit things coming to me or happening in my life, it's like what are you consuming and what are you putting out there If you're watching well? the news every night, they're hammering you with fear <laughs> yeah. porn, mate. So yeah. if you're watching the news every night, then you're going to live in fear. You're going to yeah. be scared of, in, of Anxious, invisible... Depressed. Bo- and you're going to be scared and susceptible to an invisible boogeyman, which was this thing over the last three years that people were scared of, that existed only through the, through, through the, through the TV. Mm. Like, if you walk outside, I don't see anything. Yeah. It was an invisible thing that people were so scared of and scared to touch everything yeah. because they were hammered with fear porn. Just shows like where focus goes, energy flows. Absolutely. And the people that orchestrate all this programming are very, very clever. They know how this part of the mind works. Mm. Well, people like me know how this part of the mind works too, but I'm not doing it to, to, um, to literally go out there and to destroy yourself. Mm. I've got their information. I could easily program you to go and destroy yourself, Ryan, but I don't want to do that. That's yeah. not soul cleansing to me. Not intentional. I don't want to see you doing that. I want to see you stepping into your potential mm. so I can help you reprogram the same way they do yeah. to step into you becoming Superman in your life. Mm. That is what I can do. Yeah. I got that information and turned it into something better than having all of humanity destroy themselves because that's what they want. Yeah, it's like it just shows the ability that our minds have as well. Like if all these external forces can make you think and believe these certain things, what else could you use as an external force to bring positive and exactly. love and peace and all these other great things that you truly want? Like you can have the polar opposite to what all this negative thing has given you. Mm. And with the hypnotist, Ryan, they always get you, get you to look up, right, before they put you under. When you do a hypnosis recording that I send you, you're, you're looking up. Yeah. You're looking up at your best self. You're looking up at the person that you, that you wish to become. Mm. You aren't looking up. Like in school, they program you to look up at authority. Yeah. You're always looking up at the teacher to lead you, to guide you, to tell you what to do. Mm. Sitting down, looking up at the stage of the assembly. That's the thing. You're looking up at yourself. So you're guided by yourself. You're guided by the, the, the... It could be a spirit. It could be anything. It could be you, even you in the future. You're looking up at that and being like, God, like you're guiding yourself. Mm. That's you reprogramming that out of 
you from the school system of and look at the last three years with this whole COVID stuff. They wear the red and blue colours, the same colours I'm wearing today. They have the red blue the red uh, the red tie, blue suit, black suit, or a blue tie with a blue shirt. Look at back at all their press conferences. Their fear well they're actually they're actually reprogramming powerful colours. Yeah. They use them for fear. I use them to empower people. Empower. That's why you need to turn that off. And 100%. actually look into positive But they're standing on a podium, right? Yeah. What did you do in assembly when you were a kid? You'd look up at authority on a podium to lead you and guide you. They were leading you. They were guiding you towards destroying yourself, even worse, killing yourself. Yeah. So what, what would you recommend for people like that are in that world but want to start shifting to look to the positives? Where would you recommend for those people to start? I would start looking within. The answer's are always there. Yeah. It's such a throwaway line, but it's so true. I'm glad you said that because so many people think it's, it's an external thing. It's like, this is how the world works, right? They're triggering you through an emotional response with the stories and the bullshit that they give you. TV shows, the whole lot, the news, everything. It's triggering an emotional response. If you're watching a sad movie and then the person dies at the end and you're crying, that's triggering an, an emotional response. I'm not saying don't watch... Well, I don't watch movies anyway because the programming there is is horrendous. If you give me the first 15 minutes of a movie, I'll find you a coffee mug. Yeah. And that's the thing. Coffee's super bad for you too. That's just... That's why there's coffee every, everywhere. But it's back onto the point you just said. It's like, well, they're triggering an, an emotional response. Mm. So I could post something about... Uh, I posted something the, the other day saying doctors and psychologists don't won't heal you. That triggered some people. Because they had the belief system that doctors can heal you. Yeah. Doctors can't heal you. Only you can heal you. Mm. The answers are always there within. It's like, well, if you can understand where your triggers come from, you'll be able to go within and, and learn your own truth. Mm. Like it all comes back to self. It does. Mm. And then if, you're, if you perceive yourself differently, you perceive the world differently, mm. the universe will start giving you the money that you wish you had the universe will start giving you the people in your life that are of the same vibration and energy as you are. It's, it's all energy and vibration. If we're in an energy and vibration of fear, hate and loathe, then we're going to attract those people into our lives. Mm. If we can up our vibration and become more loving, more, more, more soul, purposeful, more leading and more um, better... We're going to attract people that are doing the same things we are, like what you and I are doing right now. That's a bit of pill for people to swallow, that their environment is a reflection of themselves. It is. Mm. And that's the thing they always say, clearing clutter. Well, if you live in a messy house, then you're obviously a messy person. If you live in a clean house, then you're a clean person. Mm. That's your environment. Exactly. (laughs) And it's like you are who you surround yourselves with. So if you surround yourself with people that drink, party, smoke, drink coffee, do all this shit, then that's the things you do. You walk and turn your back on on that lifestyle and those people and you set an intention to move forward, Mm. I will guarantee you over the next 12 months you will find at least someone that doesn't do the things you do because those people are out there. You just can't see them. Mm. I think people fear being alone. That's why they don't take those steps or make those transitions to get into new We see these people all the time, Ryan. We yeah. hear them, we see them. They fear being alone because they don't want to go back to that dark place. Yeah. So there's a lot of people out there, they help everyone, they do everything for everyone, but they won't do anything for themselves. Yeah. How many people that are out there that exist that are those people? Heaps. They're so afraid to just sit by themselves and just be... 
And that's the big point of this episode is to reflect back on yourself, get comfortable with yourself, sit in that darkness and see and what be. comes up. It's powerful, bro. Self-love. It's powerful. It's a really powerful thing. And um, we need more young males out there doing the work that you're doing. Mate, you're 26 years old and, you, and you're doing the work. It's awesome. Thanks, brother. Likewise to yourself too. You're still young. No, I'm still young. 29. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm going to ask you this question. I always ask my guests. You can, I, I can answer it for, 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 for your uh, audience too. But um, if there's one person out there that's that's doing the things we used to do, that's listening to this and going, shit, there's some changes, changes that I need to make, what would be your advice to that person to start their journey? My advice would be don't run away from your own internal world, your own internal dialogue. I believe that's a great way to start and a good place to start because a lot of the things that we do, whether it's seeking environment, seeking pleasures, seeking addictions or distractions, is to escape the internal. So I'm always looking for an external source to gravitate towards. So, so I always think the great way to start is the internal world, sit in solitude, especially as men. I feel like the best answers and the best results that come from our life is from sitting in solitude and seeing what comes up whether it's going to a past self, whether it's observing our thoughts and getting a different perspective or becoming curious in our own internal. So I think sitting back, watch your thoughts like a movie. So sit, picture yourself sitting on a chair and your thoughts are on a cinema screen and watch them like a movie and truly observe them and just see what comes up. And then from there, start going to gym and exercise. And from there, start seeking environments that you know will grow you. From there, start reading books or doing breath work or doing affirmations, start implementing all these things. But I think the first pillar is to really sit with your thoughts and observe them and not shy away from them. That's powerful, bro. And it's, I always say progression, not, not, not perfection, and, yeah. and you'll get there. How about yourself? What's your answer? For me, I'd reach out and ask for help. Like a lot of people out there today won't ask for help. Yeah, true. And I don't know whether that's something that you did, but the no. moment that <laughs> I listened to that podcast to Jason, I immediately asked for help. I said, what's some free advice you can help me with? It took me years to get there. But that's the thing. If we actually ask for help, mm. we can trans, we can propel so far forward and so quickly. Because mm. as soon as I started asking for help, this has only taken three years to sit here and, and do this and to write a book. And like, it didn't take that long. I took six weeks to write a book. It did, doesn't take that long. Yeah. But if I hadn't have asked for help, I don't know where I'd be right now. Asking for help. Yeah, it makes so much sense. When you ask for help, you put the blueprint out there for the universe. Literally. Yeah. You, can, you don't have to just reach out to someone and ask for help. You can ask yourself for help and yeah. Just be guided because someone will come into your life that can help you. I love that. I think that's a great way to finish it. I think so too, bro. All right, everyone. Awesome. Well, please subscribe to my podcast. Subscribe to Nathan's podcast. Um, everything will be in the show notes. you have anything to say to finish off? Progression, not perfection, and you'll get there. Mm. And just trust yourself because the only person you spend the most time with is you. So you should get to know yourself, love yourself, and trust yourself. The that's marathon how f- continues. Bang. <laughs> I love it. Cheers, guys. Cheers.